even started to fall. Macon couldn't miss a shot at that distance, with his target standing still like that. That doesn't matter. We hunt until we find him. The sound of their walking horses faded out, and I lay still on the wet ground, shaking with chill, knowing I got to get warm or die. When I tried to move my arm, it flopped out like a dead thing. It was that numb. My fingers laid hold of a rock that was frozen into the ground, and I hauled myself deeper into the hole. The earth beneath me was frozen mud, but it was shelter of a kind, so I curled up like a newborn baby and tried to think. Who was I? Where was I? Who wanted me dead and why? My thoughts were all fuzzy, and I couldn't sort out anything that made sense. My skull throbbed with a dull, heavy beat, and I squinted my eyes against the pain. One leg was so stiff it would scarcely move, and when I got a look at my hands, I didn't want to look at them again. When I'd hit the face of the cliff, I'd torn nearly all the skin off, grabbing for a hold. One fingernail was gone. Somebody named Macon had shot at me, but so far as I could recall, I had never known anybody by that name. But that sudden blow on the head when I started to turn away from the cliff edge must have been it, and that turn had probably saved my life. I put my fingers up and drew them away quickly. There was a raw furrow in my scalp just above the ear. The cold had awakened me. The voices had started me thinking. The two together had given me a chance to live. Yet why should I try? I had only to lie still and I would die soon enough. All the struggle, all the pain would be over. And then it struck me. Ange. Ange Carey, the girl who had become my wife. Where was she? When I thought of her, I rolled over and started to get up. Ange was back up there on the mountain with the wagon and the cattle, and she was alone. She was back there waiting for me, worrying. And she was alone. It was growing dark, and whatever search for me was being carried on would end with darkness, for that day, at least. If I was to make a move, I had to start now. Using my elbow and hand, I worked my way out of the hole and pulled myself up by clinging to the sycamore. At the same time, I kept my body close to it for concealment. The forest along the stream was open, almost empty of underbrush, but the huge old sycamores made almost a solid roof overhead so that where I stood, it was already twilight. My teeth rattled with cold, for my shirt was torn to shreds, my pants torn, my boots gone. My gun belt had been ripped loose in the fall, and my gun was gone, and with it, my bowie knife. There was no snow, but the cold was icy. Pounding my arm against my body, I tried to get the blood to flowing, to get some warmth into me. One leg I simply could not use, but from the feel of it, I was sure it was not broken. Shelter. I must find shelter and warmth. If I could get to the wagon, I could get clothing, blankets, and a gun. Most of all, I could see Ange, could be sure she was all right. But first I must think. Only by thought had man prevailed, or so I'd heard somewhere. Panic was the enemy now, more to be feared than the cold, or even that nameless enemy who had struck at me, and now was searching for me with many men. Who could it be, and why? This was wild country. Actually, it was Apache country, and there were few white men around, and nobody who knew me. So far as I knew, nobody was even aware that we were in this part of the country. Yes, there was somebody, the storekeeper in Globe of whom we'd made inquiries. No doubt others had seen us around Globe, but I had no enemies there. 
nor had I talked to anyone else, nor done anything to offend anyone. Now, step by careful step, I eased away from the river and into the deeper forest. The sun was setting and gave me my direction. Movement awakened pain. A million tiny prickles came into my numbed leg, but I kept on as careful as I could be under the conditions, wanting to leave no trail that could be followed. As I crawled up a bank, my hand closed over a rounded rock with an edge. It was a crude prehistoric hand axe. I remembered that Leo Praker, a Boston college man who had spent some time on Tyrell's ranch near Mora, had told me about such things. He had spent all his time hunting for signs of the ancient people who lived in that country before the Indians came, or at any rate, the kind of Indians we knew. For several weeks I'd guided him around, camped with him, and helped him look. So naturally I learned a good bit about those long-ago people and their ways.